0: the sound of me drinking a tall glass of milk. Just kidding. I made a nice green juice this morning. A lot of celery, cucumber, cucumbers. Anyway, today is not about green juice. Today is about milk. I used to drink milk every day growing up. Two, three glasses, I drink drinking like water. But nowadays, milk is demonized. You know, there seems to be trends of people loving a food and hating it. So I'm going to talk about plant-based milks, alternative milks, their nutritional value, environmental issues, and whether or not dairy is good or bad. So stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Eclectic Athlete Radio. I am your host, Jules Demay. Thank you for joining me. And again, today we're going to talk about dairy. Some say it's not good for you. Some say it's bad for the environment. And some say it's just not ethical. So we're going to dive in and talk about some of these issues and see if they actually hold water. So first, let's talk nutrition. Now, some of the cons with dairy, people say that it's higher in fat content. Now, this is true. A lot of animal products are higher in saturated fat. Some of these alternative milks, um, you know, claim to be healthier. They have different nutrients, um, omega-3s, omega-6s, which are healthy as well. Um, You know, walnuts, stuff like that, you know, have those those good fats in them. Um, Moreover, you know, people say, or we know that a lot of cows are raised with antibiotics. And regardless of what you think of, you know, antibiotics in food as at least again i'm just stating the facts right this is what we know i'm not making you know a claim that it's good or bad but antibiotics you know are known to harm the gut microbiome so just keep that in mind okay we know that a lot of cattle are fed soy grain and corn which is unnatural to their normal diet right they're supposed to be grazing on grass that's their that's their natural diet and furthermore a lot of people are lactose intolerant, right? Or at least they claim to be lactose intolerant, get digestive issues when you consume dairy. Now, we know fat has been unjustly demonized for a long time, right? This is known. The dietary recommendations have changed. We know that a lot of the research that was supporting the claims that fat led to heart disease were actually biased. They were funded by sugar corporations but again that's a discussion for another time and on top of that you know we know that saturated fat again isn't uh, you know we need fat in our diets um we need fat in you know our cells are made of fat our brains are made of fat so it's not as um, bad as we once thought it was you know obviously it depends on your lifestyle factors if you're only eating saturated fat from animal products that might have a different effect as opposed to eating a balanced diet with monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. Now, milk is also high in protein, right? That's one thing that we do know. It's high in whey protein and casein protein. And whey is basically the king of protein, right? Muscle protein synthesis. Um, A lot of these alternative milks don't have high protein contents and it's not very bioavailable. So what that means is our body can't really absorb that protein. Um, They're incomplete proteins, Um, some are complete proteins and I'll get into those. Um, but if you're consuming, for example, almond protein or almond milk, for example, um, you will have to definitely supplement with something else. So a lot of nuts also contain high amounts of omega-6 fatty acids. Now we need omega-3s and omega-6s. They're both essential. We need them in our diets. But at the same time, the American diet is super, super high in omega-6s. Um, we need a ratio of about 3 to 1 or 4 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3s. In the American diet, is typically 15 to 1 or 20 to 1. So that causes a lot of inflammation, which leads to health issues. You know, if you have arthritis or something like that, inflammation will just exacerbate that. If you have gut issues, inflammation will exacerbate that. So, um, you know, it's great to have the the proper balance of omega-6s, but they're already in so many of of the foods we eat. You know, that might just, you know, increase that that or throw that balance, you know, out of whack. Now we do see something like flaxseed, which is supposed to be high in omega-3s. It has ALA, which is supposed to convert to omega-3 fatty acids. But again, in the human body, it doesn't convert very well. So when you see, you know, I've seen flax milk is a thing now, or flaxseed, Granted, flaxseed powder... You know on the box, you know, it usually claims so oh, high in omega 3s, but our body can actually convert it to omega 3, so that's you know, a little bit misleading. Now, on top of that, we do see that nuts contain something called lectins, and I won't get too much into that. We can dive into a deep rabbit hole with the lectin concept, I'll probably do a, an episode in the future, but it's basically this concept, or lectins are a chemical that protect plants from predators right so there's a reason why plants have been around for so long they actually protect themselves so this chemical these chemicals called lectins are found within the plants so that when they're being they're being eaten by you know a predator let's say some um, bug or insect is you know trying to eat its stem or leaves this chemical will actually kill that that animal that predator Um, it's a again it's a defense mechanism it's supposed to poison them cause inflammation now in a small critter right a small insect it's going to have a much bigger impact right if an ant is exposed to something like a lectin right it'll probably die let's say now if a human is exposed to it we won't probably die Um, but at the same time it does cause inflammation especially if eaten in large quantities So in humans, again, it's not the same effect, but they do do things like, again, increase inflammation. They can cause stomach issues. And they can also uh, impact the absorption of other minerals and nutrients that we need. So for example, calcium, magnesium, these B vitamins, these are all essential vitamins and minerals. Again, I'm not going to get too deep into this lectin rabbit hole, but if something is sprouted or fermented that is a great way to remove lectins, so that's why beans are soaked overnight. But um yeah, I've never really seen many nut milks, you know, say sprouted or, or fermented, so that's something to keep in mind. Now, going on, or back to the milk, um you know, I'm not a big fan of these corn-fed, soy, grain-fed cows. Um, however, if they are raised on pasture, Grass fed cows, um, you know, they, not only are they obtaining more nutrients and eating the natural feed that they're supposed to, the nutrient density in the products they produce are also higher. So it's been shown that CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, is higher in cows that are grass fed as opposed to grain fed. Um, the omega 3 to omega 6 ratio is also better in those cows. So that just goes to show you. You know, it's important to get your cows or your milk or whatever product from, a, you know, an optimal source. Now, people are talking about lactose intolerance. Uh, a lot of people are diagnosed or again, self-diagnosed as being lactose intolerant. And that actually might not be the case. Um, the reason why a lot of people get digestive issues with uh, milk is because of the casein. So again, that's casein is one of the proteins found in milk, The the protein is whey. Now, casein has two different types. There's A1 casein and A2, right? There's two different variants. Most of the cows that we get from conventional dairy farms are A1. Now that's the type that it's, um, you know, it causes irritable symptoms in your your bowel, right? It, It, you know, increases inflammation. Now A2, these are found in specific types of cows. Guernsey and Jersey cows, and these actually don't have the same effect. They're actually a lot less irritable. People who drink that, um, you know, have seen symptoms go away, or not see any symptoms at all. And you know, it's just a lot easier to digest. So that's something to consider, right? Go to your local, you know. I haven't seen that like Safeway or anything like that, but you know, if you go to a Whole Foods or a Nugget type of uh, market, you you can find A2 milk. And not only that, you know, if you look for alternative types of milks, you can, you know, it's not only cow milk, uh, sheep milk, goat milk, and even camel milk are a lot easier to digest. And they're also very high in these nutrients, very protein rich. Oftentimes they're lower in fat. And at the same time, again, they're a lot easier to digest. So for a while I started drinking goat milk and it doesn't taste as weird as it sounds. Um, you know, just to give myself a break from cow milk, see if I felt any difference. You know, I, I personally didn't feel too much of a difference. I did like it. And now, you know, I'll switch back and forth between, um, goat milk and, you know, a two milk. So again, those are the main sources of animal milk that I consume a two milk. If you don't do well with normal cow milk, um, sheep milk, goat milk, those are all great sources. And again, if possible, try to get pasture raised because it's going to give you better nutrients. Now, flipping the script a little bit, we're gonna switch over and talk about plant-based milks because again, some people are vegan, vegetarian, and you know, don't consume animal products. There have been a lot of different plant-based milks that have been popping up over the last few years. And you know, almond milk is gonna be the first one we're gonna talk about. So, nutrition-wise, almond milk has about one gram of protein. 16 grams of carbs and 2.5 grams of fat. And I just want to point out that almond milk is actually you know less than 2% made of almonds. So it's a lot of water, other additives. Um, there has been a concern. There's a, a chemical called carrageenan. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it. Carrageenan, carrageenan. But anyway, it's a, it's an, an emulsifier, right? They add it to make um, the almond milk you know keep its form, especially... You know, being refrigerated or you know staying in the on shelf for a long period of time, and now this uh, chemical has been linked to digestive issues. And there's no conclusive data on whether it's good for you or not. But at the same time, it does raise a few eyebrows. Now, looking at these ratios, 16 grams of carbs to one gram of protein. You know, some people might think, right, just because it's um, coming from almonds, that's going to be healthy, but You know, it's easy to overconsume. Again, you don't want to have too many sugars, um, especially without, you know, the protein and the fats to slow down that digestion. So some people might be overconsuming it, thinking it's healthy and, you know, just causing, um, you know, your insulin to spike, blood sugar levels to crash. So that's something to keep in mind. And especially if you're going to use it as an alternative for cow milk, um, you know, you you definitely want to have other proteins in there as well. Now, let's talk about rice milk, same kind of thing, 22 grams of carbs, two grams of fat and 0.7 grams of protein. So even less protein than almond milk, Uh, more carbs than almond milk. So again, definitely not a good alternative for, um, you know, cow milk or, you know, just having a, you know, nutritional or well-balanced diet, um, soy milk now this one's a little controversial um the ratios are actually pretty good um 15 grams of carbs 8 grams of protein 4 grams of fat um the reason i say it's controversial is because soy or most soy at least in the u.s is you know a gmo product um and some people which so back to the gmo thing, um it's i don't personally think it's a bad thing in and of itself but the way um certain GMOs are, are, you know, grown. Some are used with a lot more pesticides, um, because they genetically make the crop able to resist, um, conventional pesticides. So essentially, you know, certain pests, um, they become resistant to pesticides. So again, they make the crop, um, they modify it genetically, um, so that they can increase the dose of pesticides. Um, so that's kind of my take on GMOs. Um, I don't think all of them are the same, but again, I kind of stay away from soy. For that reason, uh, on top of, you know, it's been linked to uh, increasing levels of estrogen. So estrogen is a hormone. Um, and for males, it's not exactly the best one to have in high levels and even in women. So. Um, a lot of, you know, kind of different, um, characteristics of soy that are unfavorable in my opinion. Now, coconut milk, 0.8 grams of carbs, 4 grams of fat and 0.3 grams of protein. So unless you just like the taste of coconut milk or you're just going to add it to your coffee or something, definitely not something that you necessarily want to just be drinking tons of, um, again, it's very low in protein. Um, a little bit higher in fat. Um, and again, I don't, um, you know, I love fats. You know, I use coconut oil, um, but you want to keep that in moderation. Oat milk, 2 grams of protein, 14 grams of carbs, 3.5 grams of fat. So pretty similar to almond milk. Um, the only reason I'm doing this one is actually, I saw it at the store the other day. You know, I was kind of interested. I hadn't really seen too much or heard too much about oat milk, but, um, nutrition wise, again, not the best ratios, a lot of carbs in there, kind of medium fats, very low protein. But the other thing that kind of was interesting was all the added ingredients in there had sunflower oil, which is a vegetable oil high in omega sixes. So back to the pasture raised milk, you want higher ratios of omega threes to omega six. Um, so if you're adding oil in there, that's an omega-6. Again, that's not ideal. That's just increasing inflammation. Um, different gums as emulsifiers in there. They had malt extract. Um, and it also had you know a good amount of vitamins, but they were added in there, um, which typically they aren't as bioavailable by your body. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And lastly, hemp milk. And hemp milk has 1.5 grams of carbs, seven grams of fat, and five grams of protein. So it's kind of medium protein, higher end in fats, and pretty low carb. Um, I actually like hemp milk, I'm a fan of it. Um, Even though it's higher in fat than the rest of the different macros, it has optimal ratios of omega-3 to omega-6. And that's something that you don't really find too often. Um, in addition that you know, five grams of protein, that's pretty decent. Um, and, you know, it's one of the only plant-based sources of protein that are complete proteins. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I've talked about in the past. I haven't mentioned too much in this podcast, but essentially all, most of these other plant-based sources are not complete proteins, meaning that you're going to need um, additional sources of protein to get your Required amount. So, almond milk, you know, it only has one gram of protein, which is already low. So, even if you drank enough to get, you know, the required amount of protein, it's still not a complete protein. So, you're not gonna, it's not gonna fulfill um, your body's quota, uh, quote unquote. Um, same thing with oat milk, rice milk, soy. Uh, soy might be a complete protein, not sure actually, but. Um, hemp milk for sure is one of the only complete proteins that's a plant-based. Um, I believe quinoa is one, um, pea protein, I believe is as well. Now the list goes on and on. Okay. There's a new type of milk out every day. There's cashew milk, walnut milk. Um, they're all, you know, they all have similar properties, um, even flax milk. But my point is there's no real replacement for cow milk, at least in terms of the macros. Again, cow milk or sheep milk or goat milk has a, you know, very high protein, you know, moderate fats that digest slowly, have lower carbs that also digest slowly. And a lot of these plant-based milks, you know, they're either very high in carbs or, you know, very low in protein. A lot of them have tons of additives, different gums, sunflower lecithin, different oils, and they add these vitamins, which is great. But when you you know look at these animal products, they are already naturally full of these nutrients, vitamin D, calcium, etc. So my point is, I'm not trying to say that one is good or bad. You you know there's a simple solution. If you need more protein, for example, and you're a vegan or a vegetarian, that just means you're going to need additional protein sources. So if you're consuming protein from beans or rice. Um, you know, you might want to combine the two. You know, add a third protein or fourth protein source. So it's important to get all your macronutrients. Um, same thing for your fats. A lot of animal sources um, have you know an array of different fat sources: polyunsaturated or monounsaturated saturated fats. And so it's important to get all of them. So again, I'm not saying, you know, eating. You know, that you have to drink cow milk, obviously, I'm not going to try to turn you into a cow milk drinker if you're vegan or something like that. But it's just important to know that if you're drinking rice milk or almond milk, it's not a good replacement for cow milk per se. You're going to need to drink something else or, you know, eat more legumes or whatever that may be. Now, that brings me to effects on the environment because this is equally as controversial. And people that are, you know, anti-dairy talk about how much land is used, um, for livestock, right? Or dairy, dairy cows. And there's actually a statistic that's, you know, two thirds of land used for agriculture is used for livestock. You know, it's just, so it's true, you know, definitely, definitely do use a lot of land. It takes thousands of gallons of water to raise one cow. Also true. Um. And also talk about, you know, uh, greenhouse gases, which is, you know, very, very pertinent in today's climate. You know, um, cows produce methane, which is a greenhouse gas. You know, there's emissions from, you know, carbon dioxide emissions from transportation and things like that. And so, you know, there's definitely an effect on the environment, um, you know, raising livestock and, you know, creating animal products. Now, I want to address these because, there's always two sides to a coin. So a lot of people just, you know, throw these out there without giving you explanations. A lot of the land that's used for, let's say, dairy cows, it's not suitable for agriculture. This is land that is depleted of um, nutrients, right? The soil is just barren. um, And it's going to be a complicated topic as well. Um, You know, monocrop agriculture, um, you know, kind of depletes that soil. There's no tilling. And again, this is, <laughs> I'm no expert on, on, agriculture, but these are, you know, some of the concerns or I guess counterpoints to those concerns. So this land is devoid of nutrients. So it couldn't really yield crops anyway. Um, on the flip side, you know, having cows graze on that land, you know, they're also getting rid of waste, right? They're basically fertilizing land with their manure, they you know, whatever. And so there's a mutualistic relationship between cows and the land, um, you know, being raised on the land, right? They're, you know, they're trampling on it. They're getting the nutrients into that soil. Um, that's increasing the biodiversity and the health of the soil. So we're taking this land that's arid, that's, you know, has no nutrients. We're putting cows on it. And they're actually nourishing that land so you know claiming that you know it's bad that you know agriculture for or or livestock raising livestock is you know using up all the land um this is land that's not suitable for for for, you know growing crops anyway but it's actually increasing the health of that land um now let's talk about greenhouse emissions methane it is a greenhouse gas and again it's it's produced by cows. You know they're burping, they're farting, and there's one thing that people don't tell you: the lifespan of methane in the atmosphere is actually a lot shorter than that of carbon dioxide. Um, so not only that, you know, cattle or cows can actually reduce the impact of the greenhouse gases. So it's not they're just putting methane in the air and just you know causing a, you know it's great um, negative impact on, on the atmosphere. Again, by rejuvenating the land, they're creating something called, um, carbon sinks. So carbon sinks, you know, they're, you know, they're increasing the health of the land. That means new grass is growing, new plants are growing. So that's going to absorb some of that carbon dioxide. And let's talk about carbon dioxide. So carbon dioxide, again, it's not as impactful in terms of, um, you know, increasing temperature, but it does stay in the atmosphere a lot longer. So let's talk about, you know, where does this carbon dioxide come from? A lot of it is from transportation and energy production, okay, in the US. So you can't just blame, you know, greenhouse gases on, you know, global warming on cows, right? This is from everyone driving Okay. This is from energy production. This is from all our daily tasks. We're all, um, you know, we're all contributing to the greenhouse gas emissions. So it's definitely not fair. Let's let's go back to methane real quick. I forgot to add um, rice, rice paddies, where rice is grown, actually produce methane as well. So um, it's actually been shown that plants are also emitting methane, so it's not just cows, okay, we can we just blame cows? And let's what about other animals? Cats, dogs, horses. There are way more of those animals than there are cows, but no one's talking about their carbon footprint. And I have a dog, okay, so I love my dog. I'm not gonna get rid of her. But you know, it's it's pretty myopic or it's I think it's irresponsible to just blame Cows and just look at one side of things. There's always a flip side Okay, so we touched on the greenhouse gases But what about the water consumption that you know, it takes so many resources to grow and raise these cattle, right? Yes, it's very true But plants aren't off the hook. Okay, it takes a lot of resources to grow and raise crops as well So some of you may be thinking I'm not gonna drink dairy. It has you know a negative impact on the environment well Almonds are quite costly in terms of resources as well. It takes about one gallon to produce one almond. Okay. Now, in California alone, over a billion almonds are produced. Now, I believe that two wrongs don't make a right. Okay. So just because almonds consume a lot of water doesn't mean that cows are okay to consume a lot of water as well. But it's just something to keep in mind. So that's just almonds. Okay, how about these other plant-based sources? Again, back to rice. You know, rice grown in rice patties creates a lot of methane. If they add fertilizer to it, you know, that creates nitric oxide, which is another greenhouse gas. So you know, cascade of effects, which people do not take into account. Well, what about soy? Now soy is a big one. Ninety one percent of Amazon deforestation is due to creating soybean plantations. So obviously you know, soy milk is a product of that, but to be transparent, a lot of these soybeans go into creating feed for livestock. So, it, you know, they do it because it's so cheap. Corn, grains, soy, they feed it to, you know, factory farmed animals. But again, I'm not a fan of that. If you support pasture-raised, grass-fed animals, okay, they're out grazing on land. You know, they're increasing the health of the land, creating, helping to create Carbon sinks which reduce carbon emissions. So again, there's so many layers to the issue of the environment. You can't just say, you know, cows have this big impact. Yes, they do, but it's both positive and negative, and it depends on the practices by you know the agriculture, you know, agriculture. Um everything is an industry, right? Any any industry is gonna try to maximize the profits, and that's what happens with factory-farmed animals. Right. They, you know, It's going to be a big production, a lot of emissions from transportation, and um, they're trying to cut costs. But again, if you support you know, local small farms, pasture-raised farms, you know, there are a lot of farmers out there that are, you know, they use ethical practices. And that leads me to the last topic, ethics. Now, one big issue is the treatment of cows or livestock in general. With factory farming, I definitely agree, and I'm not gonna deny their treatment is substandard, it's unethical and humane. I don't support that by any means. But there are again farmers who care about their animals, who want them to live you know healthy lives, and that you know that also is gonna increase their productivity, it's gonna increase the quality of the products. So it's not just you know, maximize everything, maximize profit. Now, there are farmers who actually care about their animals. And I think it's unfair to judge all farmers, you know, off a few different videos you see online, right? People will just show you the clips that are most provocative, the most shocking, and then try to tell you that it's all like that. But, you know, again, there's always multiple sides to a coin. Now, one aspect of this whole debate that really gets to me is people saying that we shouldn't be drinking milk, right? It belongs to the calves. It's not natural for us to drink another mammal's milk. Well, first of all, calves are given something called colostrum and colostrum is also found in breast milk for humans. Okay, this is the first milk that we receive when we're born. Um, This is the most nutrient rich. So that colostrum is given to the calves Um, then they're taken away and again people are like oh they're separated from their from their calves it's unfair um you know a lot of the times it's done to protect the calves because the mothers can become hostile now saying that we shouldn't be drinking another animal's milk so this is you know pretty subjective who's to say what we should eat or what we shouldn't eat why do we squid or brain or liver those are actually you know nutrient dense foods who's to say we should eat seaweed who's to say we should eat wheatgrass and spirulina or chlorella right these are all things that are available to us and if they're edible i don't see what the problem is and again as long as it's sustainable as long as we're not taking advantage of it but you know it's it's pretty bogus to just say, hey, we shouldn't drink someone else's milk. You know, this is why we evolved as humans. We, we didn't, you know, our caveman ancestors weren't like, I'm not going to eat that, you know, I, don't, I think they need it more. You no, know, they depend on their survival. You know, they, they ate what they could. Obviously, these are a lot of different times. We have Trader Joe's on every corner. We can go get whatever food we need at any time. But at the same time, again, who's to say what, you know, who, who decides the ethics of what food we should eat? So that's one thing I don't agree with. With um, people who make the argument, we shouldn't be drinking someone else's milk. Okay, milk is very nutritious. Again, you can, I don't think you should be drinking it every day necessarily, but probably in moderation. Again, if you are using sustainable practices, treating the animal fairly, I really don't see the problem. Now, bottom line, I'm not trying to turn anyone into a vegan or some, someone into a carnivore. I'm not gonna say one side is wrong, one side is right. You don't have to pick. My whole goal is to show you that there are other sides to issues. People will watch something like What the Health, which is a totally bogus documentary. Okay, it's just factually wrong. There's so many you know, incorrect statements there. I think it's really irresponsible to make something like that because it plays on you know, these fear tactics and it shows you these provocative pictures um, you know to, that just incite fear and, and anger. And you know to some extent, you know they are right. You know there are definitely practices that are unethical um, and it's great to expose those. but to put everyone under that same umbrella is completely unfair. And now we see people on social media all the time listen, I'm no expert. Again, I'm just trying to show you both sides because there are way too many people out there who are just claiming incorrect things or just show you one side of things. I'm just looking into everything. I want to show you all sides. If you want more information on this type of stuff, um, I follow someone or uh, a podcast called the Sustainable Dish Podcast, who talks about, you know, sustainable farming and, you know, how we can work together because again, if we're going to solve the the many issues we have in today's society, it's not going to be being on one side or the other. People love going to the extremes, you know, only eating animal products or only eating plant. Um, You know, we're going to, we have to work together. So that's the only way we're going to solve these issues. Um, We have to keep an open mind. And again, that's the whole goal of this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, feel free to search anything I talked about. Again, I don't want you to just take what I say as a fact. I want you to question everything because that's how we're going to learn. And that's how we're going to grow. So thanks again, guys, for listening. If you found this information useful, if you think someone should listen to it, feel free to share it um eclectic athlete on facebook jewels of energy on instagram feel free to reach out at any time and if you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes feel free to shoot those over thanks again guys and i'll catch you next time